Welcome to the Making Manchester Fairer podcast. Making Manchester Fairer is our city's approach to tackling the preventable differences in health and life chances between the people and communities that have the best health and those that have the worst health in our city. Our approach is all about working together to focus on the social conditions that affect our health, life chances and even how long we live. This is Manchester. We know the facts. It's time to act. Hi, I'm Dr Cordella Fori, Deputy Director of Public Health in the City of Manchester. Today we're going to be talking about the most basic of human needs, food, and the impacts that the rising costs of all the basics is having on people and communities in Manchester, and most importantly, what we need to be doing about it. I'm really pleased to be joined today by some of the people who are out there making a difference to communities in Manchester. Hello, I'm Tracy Langton. I work for Housing Services and I manage the rent team and the money advice team. We were formerly um, Northwoods Housing. That's what probably a lot of people might know us as. Thank you. I'm Wendy Sims from Mossad and Food Bank, but not just a food bank. Um, we also tackle a lot of in inequalities in terms of health as well and we are called keeping it real 24 7. Hi I'm Hayley Hughes I'm the assistant chief exec at Citizens Advice Manchester. Um, Citizens Advice Manchester is an advice organisation which helps people in the city to um, resolve their problems. Hi everyone. Hi. Hello. Thanks Hello. so much Thank for joining me. Mm. Um, so just to start off it's just to have a think about that word poverty it's such an evocative word that I think for many of us and for different people it can evoke different images, different meanings um, and I wanted to get your own thoughts on kind of what that word actually means either from your perspective or the perspective that the people that you work with, what does, what does poverty really mean? I, I, th I think it means so many different things to for, for so many different people. Um, so certainly at Citizens Advice Manchester, nobody comes to us and says, I'm in poverty. You know, they come to us and they tell us about the challenges that they're facing, the issues that they're facing. And, and for me, what really underlies a lot of that is around inequality, and it's around um, the impact that that has on people's life, their whole life. So the stress and anxiety that people experience as a consequence of that, of just coming back to what you said at the beginning, Cordell, about just not having the ability to be able to access those basics and have that security of you know knowing you've got a roof over your head, you've got food on the table. And really importantly as well, that sometimes you've maybe got a little bit of extra money to do something really enjoyable and really nice. You know, it's a, it's a start of the summer holidays and I'm sure parents all over this city just want that opportunity to you know do something nice with their children yeah. and you know when they're when they're living in those situations they maybe just don't have that it's just it's just yeah not not there's not those opportunities there for them or for their children yeah for me poverty i mean in our community we're based being said that we are poor anyway and um, coming from our side now those people are poor but really and truly it's not that they're poor, it's, the, it's what can they access yeah. um, in the community. Mm. Um, the resources, what's needed, you know. If you haven't got something um, to help you, i.e., you know, you haven't got enough money. And right about now, everyone around us 
is facing a, some form of poverty mm. around us. You know, the richest person, you know, what is it that's needed? You might be out there with your today and something's happened to you and it's just gone and you have to face that poverty around you and it's hard when you say that word poverty mm. because today might be for me, tomorrow is for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, where, I mean, I was from Ethiopia and they said that's a, a poor country, but guess what? People come together and work together and live together mm. and that's where we need to do in terms of even the um, health-wise, how do we work together to, to um, for these poverty people? Is it really poverty? Or is it the fact that we haven't got the resources around us to help. Yeah. That's a really powerful take on it, Wendy. Is there anything that you would add to that, Tracy? No, I mean, across Manchester, I think it's something like four out of five residents are saying that they've increased expenditure on essentials. I think 80% are worried about rising costs. I think particularly in the area that I'm working in, we've got 11 of those priority wards where people have really been hit the hardest Mm -hmm. by the cost of living crisis. And it's just that daily kind of struggle to get by and wondering how you're going to make ends meet mm-hmm. because of those rising costs. And I think the impact on people, particularly on the mental health, um, is just absolutely enormous and can't be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's about getting the right support to people, but obviously there's so many challenges that we face in tackling that. We've got benefit system that doesn't meet, really meet people's needs. We've got a system where lots of people are on particularly low wages, mm-hmm. even with minimum wage and living wage. It's still not enough to get by really in with the, the rising costs mm-hmm. and that, that impact can't be underestimated, not only on like the physical health, but the mental health as well. And I think that's probably why we're seeing a lot of the things that we're seeing now, where mm. things have reached crisis point for some, some people. Yeah. I, I, I would agree, Tracy. Certainly what we see at Citizens Advice is basically people are they're living on empty. Mm. Um, so they're, they're doing everything, <clears throat> everything right, um, but they just still just don't have, don't have enough. There's, there's, too, there's just not enough money to cover their essential costs. And... Um, I think you, you raise a really good point, Wendy, about it. that could be anyone. Somebody could have, you know, what we would call like an income shock. Something changes, somebody loses a job, they become ill or somebody in their family becomes ill and suddenly things spiral and, yeah. And at the moment, in, even in what we talk about, you know, it's like you have a household and you what do I do? Do I pay my mortgage yeah. or do I go... You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And this is where the food bank even come into it, you know. Do I go to the food bank? But I might think, oh, no, somebody might see me. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But then again, which one, what is it really? I have my children here who need some food. You know what I mean? I have to pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. I need to have a hot shower. Yeah. I might have to go to my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in this six weeks holiday, we usually send children to go and visit their families and friends. No, nobody wants the children because that's a cost of living. Mm-hmm. And these are the, it's just simple things that we're not even looking at, that even the family itself is breaked up because of the cost of living right now. Yeah, and I think those words you used, Hayley, about running on empty, Mm -hmm. so it's that not having enough to cover some of the very basic things that I was going to say lots of us take for granted. In a way, you should be able to take those things for granted, shouldn't you? Um, And 
we know in Manchester that from a kind of statistics point of view now, we've got 44% of all the children in Manchester who are described as living in poverty. So they're in a household or a family where those very basic things, they've not got enough money coming in to be able to cover them, never mind all of the additional things that you might want to have in life to kind of enable you to be healthy and, a good, and, and have a good life. And that's, that's really not good enough. And I think um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have that conversation to start off with is everyone's talking about a cost of living crisis. Mm. It's kind of the second crisis after the pandemic. But people living in what's called poverty is not something that's new. No. And it's not new in Manchester. And all that's happened is that rising cost of everything has meant that people who were just about keeping going, just about keeping going, doing amazing with their budgets, might be working sweet jobs, really kind of making ends meet just about. And what's happening now has tipped people over the edge. And like you said, it can happen to anybody. So people for whom may have never seen themselves in those situations before, mm -hmm. suddenly things have got just so expensive that there are many, many more people falling into that situation now. So it's really to make that point that, you know, yes, things have got a, a lot worse over the past year, but this is a kind of long-term problem that we really need to get to, the, getting get to the bottom of and think about how we make sure that everybody's getting the kind of services that you really need, like you were saying, Wendy. Is there anything more you wanted to say on that? No, just thinking, because I was just having this conversation with my son earlier on. So I said to him... Um, what do you think about poverty? And he, was, he actually relate to somebody and said, well, look at my friend, mum. She's got one child and she's working three jobs. And yet she's still got all these bills that she still has to be mm. doing. And But he was saying to me, you know, maybe if she had a partner to even help her, um, maybe things would have been better. Um, you know, So he was trying to give me a, con um, a solution, how he thinks that he even could help. Because... Even the, the children is even seeing how things are affecting people these days. And, you know, he's a like 14 year old person. He's saying, no, look, this person, she's got three jobs and she still can't manage. She still can't cope with everything because she's still got the bills to pay. And yet you would expect her to be well better off having her car and, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. But it's still there. And this just simple things that we always take for granted, you know, open your eyes and see for yourself, mm. you know. Um, in a household, you know, you have like probably four or five children. How many has to take a bath? How many has to get warm? You know what I mean? People are cutting down and things like that. It's like, it's not healthy. Mm. That alone as well. Really difficult. Mm. So, Hayley, from your perspective in Citizens Advice mm -hmm. Manchester, what kind of impacts have you started to see in terms of the, the impacts it's having on the, the kind of people that you work with? Um, well, so, so first of all, what we've seen um, is a significant increase in the amount of people who need our help. Um, so the demand for advice has, has, has gone through the roof, mm. essentially, um, because, yeah, people need that, need that support, and they're very often reaching out to us at that crisis point where, you know, they haven't got any money to top up the meter or they're what we call self-disconnected, so they're choosing not to use any um, gas or electricity because they just know that they're not going to be able to um, afford those bills. Yeah. We've also seen probably a, 
a, a slight difference in the demographic of the people that are coming to us for help. So, um, yeah, as, as Wendy mentioned, more people who they've got a job. Um, they've, they've actually got a job with what we would often consider quite a, a, a good salary, but those yeah. costs have just spiralled and spiralled. And now, obviously, what we're starting to see is those people who are homeowners as well, who um, are facing the impact of their mortgage costs spiralling. Um, and obviously, people want to do as much as they can to protect their home. It goes back to those absolute basics, doesn't it, of having somewhere to live, something to eat, and you know the ability to 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 heat your home and keep your family fed and fed and warm. Um, and we're also seeing a real increasing amount of people who are coming to us with those health problems as well. Yeah. Um, so just the impact that 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 spiral almost of health and and poverty and then both impacting on each other um, and people who are really they're at their wits end um, they, they, they really really are they feel like they're doing everything right um, but just yeah still not making not making ends meet so a lot of people who are really stressed really anxious mm. um, yeah it's, 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 a, it's, a diff, it's a difficult situation really difficult for a lot of people mm. and Wendy I know from the chat we were having before we started, so you're doing really great work with your food response and the food back, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it, in terms of what you're doing with your community? Could you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Um, but first of all, we started with as a food bank. Mm. And with that, now we see so much of the things that's happening in terms of the health issues that's going on. Now we have an increase of diabetes, um, bowel cancer, um, women going through much trauma, and the mental health has just gone... It's just gone haywise for us and for this now as i said the food bank we identify so much things with with the food bank so what we've done now is trying to do things with the food so that you know healthy living healthy eating and when people come and come to sit with us and talk to us and get their little parcels and whatever they tell us about what's going on in their community and within themselves they open up to us basically and tell us a lot of things and for that now, um, I'm able to work with our local um, health services and tell them about the issues and we work together. And it's things that, on a grassroots level, that I would say that we know some of these things because we know what the system's like in terms of even our black community. You know, we have that signal about not health, not trustworthy and so much things is happening. But using the food bank again, it opens a lot of doors for a lot of people, you know, people who had jobs and high class, we would use such, but just another thing, please do not be judgmental on people right now. Mm. That's very, very important because you don't know anybody's circumstances. When they come to the food bank, we're hoping to everybody, we smile, we, you know what I mean, we give whatever we've got, and that's another thing, making people not feel uncomfortable about a food bank, that's very, very important. Yeah. And it's, we were also talking a little bit about the kind of food and how important kind of making sure that you've got the kind of food that's right for pe different pe cultures and communities and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, I must say, when it was the COVID-19, <laughs> COVID I had a challenge with, them, with everybody, to be honest with you, because yeah. we was getting food 
and other um, African Caribbean community, we wasn't getting our cultural food, and that was very important to us. We like things like yam, sweet potato, okra, but that's also good for us, you know, and pumpkin, you know, these are very good food for us, but we wasn't getting that. And every time I asked for this food, it was like, you know, they would like be grateful for what you get. And I'm like, no, 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 because this is not what, even our own body's not used to it, mm -hmm. you know? So it was like, it was like, we were thrown things at us and I was like, no, but I had to challenge. It was a challenge for me as well as a food bank to say, no, we coming from this community. This is what we would like. I would apply for grants and they would say a price and we're like, that's expensive. Yes, it is expensive, but because of even the inflation is going up, people can't afford the food as well in, the, in, in their household in terms of the African Caribbean because it's a choice, the food is high. You know, it's very high-priced food, and it's imported food. You know, it don't grow here like, our, you know, like any other food. So, you know, sim simple things like that. But it's important to the people as well. And this is another thing that makes even the economics for them very high because it's a choice again for food. Can you imagine you have a household and you have the children, you keep giving them... Um, pasta, pasta, and they missed out on the yam and sweet potato. Mom, I've had pasta for the last two weeks. Can I have some of our food? No. Mm. Simple things like that. Mm. And it's very important in our community that our food is well, cultural appropriate. Yeah. Definitely. And do you see a difference when you do have culturally appropriate food on offer to, oh to my serve? Gosh. What, what, how that, does that change things? That's the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is really the best day ever. It's like and that's what makes us unique as well, because I do try and make sure that we have that, you know. I go to the market and make yeah. sure I get the boxes, because it's not going to deliver by um, any other, go to the supermarket. This, the supermarket's not going to give us those kind of food. Mm. So we have to really go and buy it. And that makes a difference, you know. And it, it, that, that's the quickest word to spread around. Oh, yes, they've got that food down there. They've got some yam and sweet potato. And, you know, it's very good. And it also wins the... The spirit of the community yeah. as well. It makes them happy. Yeah. And just simple things in for our community like that, definitely. Yeah. And I can imagine by kind of improving <laughs> spirits, making people happy. happy. And that opens up conversations and, as well, doesn't and it? And it's also healthy as well. Yeah. It's very healthy for them yeah. as well. Because we have drinks like CMOS. You probably ask me what it is. That's got like 96 um, vitamins inside of it yeah. that we don't normally give out. But I had some from um, Tanzania and I was giving it out. And I also do a radio program as well. And I was telling people, and you know, of course, the media. And I was like, what happened here? Well, you did say on the radio that you had um, Irish marsh. And I'm like, <laughs> of course. But it's simple things like that that makes our community happy. And, it's, you know, it's, it is to be considerate. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tracy, from your perspective and, and the housing world, what kind of things have you been doing to to respond to what's been happening over the past year and a half or so? Well, there's all the wider work that we're doing alongside um, colleagues within the City Council. So we've got the Cost of Living Advice Line. Yeah. Um, there's lots of information on the Council's website. So if you just quickly Google Helping Hands under there, there's like a, lots and lots of information about different places you can go for, for advice and support. Um, and obviously about the free meal, um, school meal expansion um, under the next round of household support funding. So there's all that wider Manchester stuff that's open to all residents. And then just for our residents, in terms of people who live in the council tenancies, we've increased the number of money advisors that we have, and it pretty much echoes what 
Paley's just said about the, the range of challenges, the demand has um, gone through the roof, demand um, for support, so we have our own um, support fund as well that tenants who are struggling can apply for that and they'll obviously get that free confidential impartial advice from our money advice service um, and they'll always get a, you know, a listening ear and sometimes when people don't want to deal with the landlord because I think we can never forget we are a landlord at the end of the day and they might not want to come to us then we will always signpost them to another agency that's there to support so what I would say to people is there's a lot of information on that website there's a lot of information on the housing services website don't kind of suffer in silence, come forward and, and let people know and there's, there's always going to be a listening ear and a helping hand to kind of talk through the issues and look at what some of the solutions might be. So that's Manchester Helping Hands. If people just Google that, would yeah. they be able to find it's, information yeah, there? Yeah, and it's dead It's Yeah, there's lots of information on there. And then there's also separate information on the Housing Services website. So you can contact our money advice team if you are um, used to be Northwoods Housing. We know housing services, so it's north and east Manchester. So it's going right across from Higher Blakely near Heaton Park, right through to Ancopes in the city centre mm -hmm. and Eater Street and around there. So um, 12,600 um, properties and yeah, the services available to all those um, tenants living in the properties. And they do make good use of the service, and we see, like I said, similar things to what Hayley's seen a demand increase for support with disability benefits, PIP in particular. Um, you know, we want people to come forward and get that advice and support that they need, and they will always get, um, you know, a welcome, a, you know, a warm welcome, and will, you know, people are treated with respect, dignity, and courtesy, mm -hmm. and. If they don't want to work with us, like I say, because we are the landlord, we will signpost them to another agency. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. So lots of information and lots, help out yeah. there that lots. people can signpost people to. And and that's very interesting, Tracy. I mean, I wish I knew this a, a few weeks ago. That I mean, because in terms of the cost of living, in terms of our area, we don't have that kind of support. Where I don't hear about that kind of support. So maybe that's something that can come across into that area that we can help in terms of poverty as well in our community? Yeah, I think probably. I don't know whether we can stick something on the wider podcast um, with some links on there. Mm. What I would say, probably what I've forgotten to say then, is obviously if you are the tenant of another registered provider within the city, you can always contact them too. So there's lots of Withenshaw Community Housing, One Manchester, um, to see what advice and support is available from your own landlord. Obviously for other sections of the community if you're an owner occupier or you're living in private rented then that you know the um, advice and information and support that's on the council's website is really useful and and that is very important for even the community where i'm at really because even the private landlords if you can't afford to pay your rent if you can't afford to um, do your heating costs i mean there you go a lot of people are homeless as well because of these things as well so that's very good advice as well yeah yeah, I think I think it's it, it's exactly right. It's about knowing what support is out there and making sure that we can make people aware of what support is out there. Um, because if people are in that situation where they maybe don't have a social landlord or um, yeah, they're an owner occupier, then they could, for example, yeah, they could they could um, phone us at Citizens Advice Manchester and have a conversation with us. Um, and yeah, we'll do absolutely as much as we can um, to to support that person and get them through it. Um, and we also work with the City Council to deliver the Household Support Fund 
um, to the household support fund that enables people to access um, essentially some cash grants, individual cash grants, um, and that's proved to be really important for a lot of people um, to have that cash first approach because very often people people know what it is that they need, they know what it is their families need, um, and to be able to have that um, that dignity in a lot of ways to be able to make those to make those decisions, um, but also to get that advice that underpins that so that they can you know move 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 forward. One of the things that I sometimes find in conversations with people is that so you've all described lots of different sources of support that's out there. So, you know, acknowledging that times are really, really hard for lots of people at the moment. There are services to help, there's access to funding, there's access to different benefits that will make a bit of a difference even if they don't solve the problem. But I often hear that sometimes people aren't accessing it as much as they potentially could for a whole host of reasons. Is that something that any of you see in terms of maybe people not being aware of what they're eligible or entitled to or not aware of what they can access? Do you find that at all? Yeah, certainly we, we see that citizen's advice um, that you know people will come to us um, and it is maybe that they're not accessing benefits that they're entitled to. So for example, a lot of people um, think that if they're in work, they're maybe not eligible for any um, financial support. But for example, universal credit um, is a benefit that people who are, are in work can be eligible for as well. Um, so it is always worth reaching out to an advice agency um, or even going online as well if you if you would prefer to do that yourself just to just to check if there, if there, if there is anything that you might be eligible for and I think Tracy used some really important words before about bids confidential mm. um, because I think sometimes people um, they maybe think oh, I don't know if I want to reach out for support and I think Wendy mentioned before as well about you know uh, my neighbor is gonna see me um, that that all of our services are completely confidential um, and I think that's really important sometimes for people people to know that yeah and from your conversations with you know working in the community Wendy are there any things that you hear that you think might be getting in the way or acts as, acts as barriers to people um, getting some of that support yeah definitely because even what um tracy said i hope i got the name right <laughs> even what tracy said in terms of um the um, support that's out there a lot of people don't know about the support mm. um, out there you know what i mean and maybe that could make like someone life a little bit easier in terms of what's going on for me again it's about the funding um my thing is just about the food you know but even saying so about the food is the things that we can help in terms of our community. When, I, when we do an application form about food, um, um, in terms of um, cultural appropriate food, it's like a no-no. And you'd, you'd be like, why to yourself? Because you, you know yourself working with the community, what's what needed. But somebody is looking at application form and see cultural appropriate food, no, we can't afford this. No, you can't afford it, but we definitely can't afford it either. Mm. And even with the community, as I said to you before, that goes a long way in, in terms of um, application forms, you know, having that re no reject and like, I personally hate the fact that I have to do any application forms when it comes to um, cultural food, because looking at it, the, the amount of response that we get in terms of that, it's a no. But I must say, on the other hand, I must give thanks to the um, 
the food response mm. as well because without them even though we don't got the culture of food but we do have some food they have helped um for the last couple of weeks um in terms of the food because now we've got basmati rice we're like yes <laughs> you know what I mean we've got um things that helped yeah you know what I mean it's not exactly what 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 is would have said yeah but yeah it's there it's it's a much needed thing as well you know tuna even simple little things like tuna you mm. know it's like that it's getting a bit better but we could be even more better as we're going along so you can knock on one side but you can also say yeah it's getting a bit better yeah and you've touched on it a little bit but you know what kind of difference does that make so if anybody you know out there's listening to this episode and thinking oh you know should i be investing in kind of supporting food banks with culturally appropriate food depending on the community that that food bank's kind of working with what would you say to them as to the um the impacts that that has if you can get that right that definitely is needed that is so much needed even in terms of the health wise because the sickness that's going around right now if you have as a healthy healthy food healthy living you know what i mean your body needs that food you know and and also if you don't get it's like a culture shock shock to even your own body as well when you have the different food in it and this is another thing even in terms of even health don't get me wrong it's not like it's proven but we know from a social view that if you go to the hospital and you don't get that your the food that you're used to you know i mean you you kind of wither the way you don't see that but when you see your food in front of you it it helps to heal even your body as well as even inside as well as outside because food is very important very very important and that's even on a social level in terms of our community tell somebody that you got free food and everybody's there yeah. <laughs> Everybody, yeah whatever it is food is a focus of our community right now yeah and i think you know that thing about the way food can bring people together that cuts yeah. across all communities doesn't it yeah. so apart from it being yeah. essential for life from a social perspective and the way that it can bring communities together and i've seen some of the, fil- the the films of your your food response work and i know that there are people from all communities who are and, and <laughs> enjoying what you're doing definitely yeah. and even that it's even as a as a diversity as well because yeah. people want to know about your culture and we want yeah. to know what about them and we even with the food that we do we even help to even teach people about this food what is it does for you you know what i mean so it's, it's got the, the vitamins in it what it is because it's not all food that we eat is good for us but we can i can identify that this is good for you and it's proven you know what i mean you can say me and you hayley can share food and we can say oh i like this wendy come and share some it's about we caring and sharing for each other that's a lovely way i think to kind of bring us towards the end and just one of the things that i just wanted to reflect on cuz manchester is such a diverse mm-hmm. city so we've had the latest census data now which has shown us that at least 42% of people in manchester are from black communities and backgrounds all different asian countries communities and backgrounds and people from all over the world as well as um the the white british population so manchester is very diverse there are over 200 different languages being spoken and so actually anything that we can do to recognize that and to really kind of celebrate and embrace the diversity of the city even in the way that we're addressing some of these really hard challenges 
I think is just so important. Um, so sharing and caring, I really like that. <laughs> really like that, Wendy. Yeah, and also, as a way of using food to yeah. bring people together. And it is so true. And I, I like what you just said a while ago. But sometimes it's not just about talking; it's about doing. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's where we are right now. Everybody yeah. knows where the problems are. Yeah. There are also solutions. So let's get to the solutions. We know the problems. Oh my gosh! Everybody knows where the problems is. Let's start doing some solutions. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I just want to say a big thank you to Hayley, Wendy and Tracy um, for joining me um, in the conversation today. Um, if anybody who is listening needs or knows anybody in Manchester that needs cost of living support, um, there is an advice line um, 0800 023 2692 that's open Monday to Friday 9am to 4.30pm. Um, or you can visit Manchester's Helping Hands website, manchester.gov.uk slash helpinghands or um, Google Manchester Helping Hands. I'm sure that will help you find it as well. Thank you very much to the three of you and thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you.